Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare, acknowledges the Ghana people as the traditional custodians of the land and water on which this podcast is recorded and produced. Welcome to Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare. The podcast for the mother flying by the seat of her mummy undies. Mummy undies. Yeah, they are, because they're the ones that you wear when you don't want anyone to see what kind of undies you're wearing, right? (laughs) Once you become a mum. Right. (laughs) It'll be anything. Hosted by Chanel Franklin, who is me, and the lovable Tamara Linky next to me. Thanks, lady. Uh, We've got a very special episode today, do we not? Yeah. Probably the most important people in our lives, apart from our children. That's exactly right. We are talking to our own mums. Yes. Wow. My mum, Annie. Yeah, and my mum, Yvonne. So we managed it. I'm surprised we got them on board. Both shy. Oh, oh. they? Mum was like, oh, okay. Um, oh, sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. What if I stuff it up? I said, don't worry. <laughs> it's pre recorded. Yeah, we can edit this. It's all good. Yeah. My mum actually was beaming at the end. I think she quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, my mum was all happy. Yeah, because it was reminiscing, right? Yeah. As well. Do you want to know where the thought came to me? I was driving along and Mama by the Spice Girls came on. Now, that gets me every time. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, we should chat with our mums. Oh, my goodness. Bless them. I know. Sweetest. I mean, we are motherhood, a beautiful nightmare. But mm. what about what we were like as Who kids? Who created us? You know, we're little we're, rats. I know. We're we're always ragging on our own kids. So <laughs> it's about time our mum's ragged on us. Right <laughs> then. So y'all wanna talk about mama? Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait! Okay now. From the beginning. Motherhood, a beautiful nightmare. This episode is Annie and Yvonne. So the first question that we asked Yvonne and Annie was about near misses, right? We've had plenty of near misses. Many of them we've spoken about on the podcast in previous episodes, but now it's time to talk about the near misses that involve us. So mum, 
you know how we have all these near misses with our kids sometimes this day and age and we either lose them or something, you know, horrendous has gone wrong, like a near miss of an arm break or something like that. Were there any near misses with me? Oh, there was. There was at Westlakes when you were two and I was almost nine months pregnant with your sister and um, you decided to do a runner under the clothes and end up in the mall and at the top of the escalators with a security guard. Oh, great. And I was running through the mall, you know, just about having the baby. Was I scared? Uh, no, not at all. <laughs> Yelled from the top of the escalators, hi, Mum. <laughs> did you have a Houdini strap for me? I did, so that we weren't walking down Semaphore Road. You wouldn't detach yourself from your sister in the pram. Did people pass judgment back then on those Absolutely straps? not. Absolutely not. It was the 80s. So why did we get Early rid of 90s. the strap? I think it was the vocal minority. Saying that's cruel. Exactly, when really it was a safety precaution. Like your child safety seats in your car, you wouldn't drive your car without one in there with your child, would you? So did you still have the strap on me at 15? (laughs) Um, An invisible one. (laughs) (laughs) Mum, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tamara. Are you excited or scared? (laughs) Bit of both. (laughs) That's funny. All right, Mum, we're talking about near misses and times when something's almost happened when I was little and you've gone, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. Has there been a time? Yes. I think when you're in reception, because you started school pretty early, age four, you and another girl... Who was it? Kate Nutter? No, it wasn't Kate. It was Oh, it wasn't. It was Emma Hodges. That's it. Yes. Yeah. An elite girls' school... And you're naughty girls, you decided to leave school mid-morning and go for a walk around Medindi. <laughs> <laughs> you and Emma went outside the school grounds and wandered out in the street and a couple of the prefects saw you and had to go chasing you and then your teacher got very angry. But what did she do? Do you remember? Yes, I think they brought you back. Unbeknownst to me at that time, you were told off... And I think she slapped your legs. She did. I remember that moment. Do you remember that? Yeah. And when I found out months later... I didn't was, even, was it only I months didn't... later or was it years when I told you? Well, it was a long time later that I found out. Oh, terrible. Yeah, I know. But you, you were naughty to do that, Tamara. Oh, Mum, she's shaming me now. But do you know what, though? We didn't leave being naughty. We didn't think that was naughty. She'd said to me, Tamara, do you want to go? Oh, you uh, remember now? Yeah, I remember. She said, come on, we were on the way back from PE. And she said, oh, look, my friend Melissa's mum lives near the school. She's got lemonade. Shall we go? And I went, <laughs> I went, okay, let's go. And we just wandered out. We weren't doing it to be naughty. Like to, It wasn't something naughty we were doing. We didn't know. So, But the fact they didn't tell you. <gasps> I know. Isn't that bad? That is bad. Anyway, you survived. At least you maybe knew in retrospect, so it wasn't that scary, you know? Like, you, you, I was still there, so... <laughs> and you were such a sensible little girl. Mm. I can't remember anything else that was a mishap, really. When you were little and we had the swing, remember when we were... Before we moved into a house, we were renting? No. And you had the swing outside? No. And it wasn't secured into the ground? <laughs> and you did a big high swing and the whole swing... It was one of those hill swings. Yeah, like a gym thing. A gym, yeah. yeah. And the whole thing went flying and you went flying with it. Mum, that happened multiple times. Did it? Yes. I would be on that thing and the whole thing would fall over and you'd be like, it's happening again. (laughs) (laughs) 
that must have happened like five or six times. And we finally moved house and then you cemented it in the ground, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> oh, well, you survived. Now, here's a juicy one. Mm. What about us when we were teenagers? Now, we haven't got teenage kids. No. But we were teenagers, so what were we like? Oh, let's find out. What was it like for you when I first started going out without you, like in my teenagers and stuff like that? Oh, I think the umbilical cord was still firmly attached. You freak out. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a surreal experience when you have to... You have to trust that you've taught your children all the safety things to do, but just I was always nervous waiting for you to come home. And But nine times out of ten, I normally picked you up anyway, so I knew that you were safe. And you didn't mind when you picked me up and I was a bit drunk? No, didn't mind too much. Have you got any of those moments where you recall? There was a time that you left your mobile phone in a taxi and you were a bit tiddly on the side of the road, <laughs> panicking because you've lost your life and your phone. So my teenage years, when I started going out, what was that like as far as getting ready and did I push curfew much? Oh, goodness, you and Yasmin, absolutely. (laughs) Clicking up the hallway on the wooden floorboards with your stiletto heels because God forbid you took them off. Now we have permanent permanent dents in the floorboards from your high heels. And when you did come home, you were the loudest person in the world, Chanel. Well, I thought I was, I had no. an idea that I was quiet. No, you weren't, love. What, you what, were so loud. What did I do? Just banging and crashing, taking your clothes off, not worrying about anyone else's sleep in the house, just, you know, clumping to the toilet in the bathroom, brushing your teeth, um, and then going back into the other bathroom to do God knows whatever, take your makeup off and then back upstairs again and then banging, throwing your clothes on the floor and your bedroom's above ours, so we heard everything. Oh, dear. Nightmare, oh, especially if it was a Sunday night and your father had work in the morning and you were making all that racket because he used to say, what is she doing up in that bedroom? She, <laughs> she's keeping me awake. Did you cover for me a bit? All the time. All the time, yep, all the time, and you'd have to wash, and you'd have to wash your feet because you'd been on a dirty dance floor, and um, somebody had spilled alcohol on the floor or something. So you'd have to always wash your feet before you got into your clean sheets. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. What sort of things did you have to cover for me for? Oh, especially when you used to push the curfew, I'd make excuses and say, "Oh, they're waiting on a taxi." Uh, one of their friends isn't very well. They're going to drop her first and then get the taxi home here. And, yeah, lots of times. So you had to be creative. And what about the time I brought my first boyfriend home? What was Dad like then? Oh, horror story. Yeah, he read them the riot act, followed them out to the gate and said, I'm just standing here to get familiar with your face because if you don't bring my daughter home safe, I'm going to remember who the F you are. <laughs> See, I wouldn't want to be you. <laughs> Mum, me as a teenager, right? right? I feel like feel like there was nothing to worry about. Is that true? Like I didn't do anything crazy. I wasn't a rebel or anything, was I? No, you weren't a rebel at all. You used to study. <laughs> you used to love your music. You played a lot of music, but you used to sing. And I used to think, oh, gee, she's happy. She's singing. But many years later, you used to sing when you were a bit upset. It was your outlet. I realised... Later. So I sang a lot? You did sing a lot. <laughs> what does that mean? I was because sad. Because you, you were playing piano and you were singing yes. and then you, you were practising. So 
if you were upset as you were released, you used to go into the front room, play your piano and sing. And it wasn't two years later that I realised that if you were upset, that's what you went and did. Actually, that, I do that now when the kids annoy me. I go and do play the piano. Yeah, yeah. to release. release. <laughs> yes, it's a tension release for Tamara. <laughs> because I was like such a nerd though. You yeah, oh, thanks. Okay. But what, were you worried that I never had boyfriends? No, of course not. You're a teenager. No. Yeah, but other kids were going and having boyfriends. Did you think something's wrong with Tamara? No, I didn't, because you went to an all-girls school and then you went to a co-ed school after that. No, I was glad. No, it's less worry for me. <laughs> oh, you were just glad. Yeah, dodge that bullet. Oh, I've, got nothing, I've got nothing to say about me being a teenager except that I was sad. No, you weren't sad. Oh, I loved it. We used to have some good nights, remember? Yeah, we did. Singing and wine. Wine? <laughs> I was 15 at the time. <laughs> no. It's when you went to university, I worried. <laughs> so this next question, <laughs> we asked our mums, what were we like as little kids? Mm-hmm. And it's very revealing, right, Chanel? I have this vision of me being a really well-behaved, good kid. Like I have this sense that I was not the rat bag that my kids are. Would you agree with that? Oh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. No, you were a good kid. You're a good kid. A chatter, but a good kid. Put that to, to good use now then, talking. So I feel like when I was younger, I was much better behaved for you and for Dad than what my children are for me. Absolutely. It's a generational thing, I think, that, you know, as... um generations go, parents get a little bit more lenient on their children thinking they're, I don't know whether it's because they feel they have to make up for both parents working and not spending a lot of time with their children. They let them away with more because they don't want to be uh, strict parents as such. But I believe in, yeah, you need to tighten the reins a little bit. Tighten the old reins. Tighten the old reins. Rain them in. Rain them in. We went for a big family trip from Adelaide to Queensland and we drove the entire trip. Now, I cannot imagine doing that with Summer and Ollie. They would drive me and also Dan driving crazy. But Stephanie and I, in the back seat... You played with your Barbies the whole time. No screens. And colouring in. No screens. Obviously. No. Well, that's right. We had mobile phones in them days, but they were just the old brick phones. And we couldn't play our music. You and Dad had your music the whole time. That's exactly right. Did we whinge ever? No. No, I think once the whole trip, he actually said, when when are we going to get there? And that was when we were nearly at Brisbane, I think. Yous were great, absolutely great. It wasn't an SUV or anything like that. It was a standard sedan that you were in, so you didn't have all the plush space and everything like that. It was not not confined. There was room enough in the back, but you had your pillows and your blankets and whatever. Yous were really good. I, I just I think it's just, again, so different, and I don't know why it's so different from us being able to just be told, sit there and be quiet, and we did. I feel like... You did. We could take you to any pub for tea, restaurant, whatever, and you were so well behaved. And none of this fussy eating stuff. You just ate whatever you got put on your plate. So you just served up dinner, whatever, and we had to eat it, no questions asked. Absolutely. There was an occasional, maybe, I don't really like that. Okay, well, then leave that on the side of your plate, but eat the rest. And you just did. That was it. Because minimal choices. Today, I think the kids have got too many choices. Yeah. And they're confused. That's just my opinion. 
So yes, apart from running away from school, I remember us just being very easy, Natalie and I. We weren't, were we naughty? We weren't naughty, were we? We were good kids. You're like any other kids, but you weren't naughty. I didn't really have to worry about you. You appreciated what you had and yeah, you were good. I didn't really have to worry about you. We did as we were told most of the time. Yeah, and we're all open, we're all honest with one another. So if we had any feelings, we let it be known. Yeah, no, you were both easygoing kids. See, I'm an angel. Um, (laughs) Do you think your kids, myself and Natalie, are better behaved or were better behaved than my kids are now or kids today? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, You can be honest. I think kids are more entitled, like they feel more entitled today than you were. So I think they have to use their manners a lot more. You know, they don't say thank you and please like you did and they get a lot more. But I think that's with each generation. You always want to give your kids what you don't have or you didn't have growing up. I don't know, they're they're well behaved. Little Wolfie can give you a run for your money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't. He told the trumpet teacher yesterday after 10 minutes, are we done yet? Oh, did he say that? And I said, Wolfie, you can't say that to someone. He goes, are we done? Are we done here? (laughs) It's like little Florence when she's finished a meal. She's only two. She'll say, I'm done, and she's down. It's not me. We used to have to say, can I please leave the table? I'm, I'm reinforcing that, but you've got to keep trying every time, yeah. every meal. What do you say? Can't leave the table. And Skylar's pretty quiet, but she'll just do her own thing, won't she? Yeah. She'll just get up and she'll put a dish away and that. If you tell them. So it's not that they're misbehaving. They're just a different generation and... They get to do more and we are like helicopter parents to it at a certain extent, whereas when I was younger and you were younger, I used to let you go and play in the creek. I remember. (laughs) (laughs) And fall out of trees and all sorts. Well, you don't do that now, you go with them. But I was dressed in the nicest outfits though. (laughs) Was that just me or was there other kids in the 80s? I felt like you dressed me up lots. I'm talking like... I think it's because the school and the... You know, the people you, we hung around with then. and You want yeah. us to be posh kids? No, you were posh kids. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Chanel. I love this bit. So this is a time that we're asking them to recall a lovely story about us. Now, mine was when I was flogging bingo tickets from school and yours is when you got your period for the first time. <laughs> so good. So good. Can you talk me through the time that I got busted stealing bingo tickets and what that was like from school. Oh, horrified. I was absolutely mortified. Principal rang and asked me to come into the school. (laughs) But before that, the other girl's mum had rang me to enlighten me to what you and her had been up to during recess or lunch, that you'd gone into the hall and you were quite innocent about it. You just didn't realise the consequences, but... um, do you yeah. know the funniest thing? In stealing these bingo tickets, we actually thought we could win money, but you have to play bingo to win a bingo. Yeah, but that's what I was meaning. It was quite innocent. You just didn't grasp any of it. You just thought there was money in that box and you were going to open all the tickets. <laughs> so you opened quite a few. Lucky none of them were winners. But, yeah, mortified going to see the principal. Couldn't believe it. But anyway, done and dusted. You never did that again. Did I get any, uh, were there any repercussions? Oh, grounded. For how long? Grounded. The week. Yeah. And what did that kind of entail, the grounding? No, no playing with your friends after school. That was it. Home, homework, tea, shower bed. 
And I didn't bat an eyelid. No, because you knew you did the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. All good. I feel like I watched a lot of TV. You know, we talk about screen time. Did I watch a lot of TV? I mean, I loved it. Elvis Presley on a Saturday. Yeah, it was probably because I was working tomorrow and I was trying to sleep during the day. Your dad would take you out and... Do you remember that time that I got my period? And um, you had a night shift. You'd been sleeping for ages, heavy sleeping, and I'd got my period during this time and I came in to you. Do you remember that? <laughs> but I'm a midwife, so I had forewarned you and I'd shown you where things were so you knew what to do. So I slept. I thought I was dreaming. And then when I did wake up, I thought, oh, my God, did that really happen? And then I went running looking for you. Oh, you poor darling. I know. What did you I find? I forgive myself. <laughs> Me with a giant surfboard pad between my legs going, Mom! <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love it. She apologises and laughs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. That was hilarious. Um, but it, <laughs> our mums kept going and uh, regaled a few other stories um, that happened when we were younger. Chanel, I don't know if you remember, but if you haven't heard it, go back to season one and listen to Great Expectations. Episode eight. Episode eight, is it? Yeah. And Chanel uh, talks about how she was entered into the Look of the Year contest. (laughs) And this is Annie's side of the story about that particular contest, which is hilarious. Uh, And um, and mine's a little bit more revealing. It's about being caught out doing something uh, a little bit racy and a little bit naughty. Oh. Well, not naughty. I mean naughty like, mm, you know, embarrassing, okay? (laughs) Very embarrassing. Through grand suggestion that you enrolled me in the look of the year contest with my little dog's body skirt and everything like that. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Oh, what a bloody waste of time and money that was. (laughs) (laughs) Not because you didn't, you know, you um, didn't stand a chance in it or anything like that, but the fact is it's just a money-making venture. Yeah. What do you And all us parents got sucked into it. Well, it was all quite new at the time. It's just uh, I wish I knew then what I know now. Yeah. What was it like when I when I didn't win? I was horrified for you. I was horrified for you. Not that I expected you to win, but I just think it was just very predictable. It was very predictable. And, and I'm sure the girl and boy that won it, it really didn't make a difference to their life. But something I've never forgotten, which is ridiculous. No, well, it was, you know, a long, arduous process, I suppose. Yeah. Meaningless. Yes. So I remember once, Mum, finding in your bookshelf the book Basic Instinct, the novel. It was a novel. I don't know why you would have yeah. bought that anyway. But Did I have I know you had And I went, oh, that's that racy book. And I think I must have only been 13, 14, and I took it and I was reading it and I was like, oh, my God. And I remember hiding it under my bed <laughs> and thinking, oh, I'll read the next chapter tomorrow. <laughs> and I didn't even miss it. <laughs> I, you didn't miss it. Except I came, I remember the next day or something, I'm, I'm looking for that book under my bed and it's gone and you'd made my bed and cleaned it and I was mortified because I thought mum's found the book. <laughs> she knows I've been reading it. Do you remember that? No, I don't actually because I probably just thought, oh, well, because we're pretty open so I wouldn't have hidden it. No, but you took it up and you put it on my bedside table from under my bed and I thought she's making a point that she'd found it. (laughs) I don't even recall that, Tamara. I was probably asleep. I was so embarrassed (laughs) and so ashamed. I was like, oh, 
And then I thought years later, you know I what? didn't even say anything about it, did it? No, but I thought the silence was you saying something. Oh, okay. No. I, but you know what, I though? I even recall reading the book. I saw the film. Yeah, yeah, we all saw the film. But years later I went, hang on, my mum was the one who had the book in the first place. Are you sure it was me? Or it could have been Dad. Yeah. No, it was definitely you. So we took a little trip down memory lane and we asked our mums about what it was like when they were kids. Yeah, so memory, memory lane. Yeah, memory, memory lane, indeed. <laughs> Here's what they said. What was your childhood like? Call the midwife style because right. it was back in the 60s, back in Britain and then um, came out here when I was six. So different lifestyle altogether but definitely middle of the road. Have you got a childhood memory of anything that was quite poignant that you would have wanted to avoid swings I can't stand swings I get scared with when I see kids on swings because I got pushed off of one at quite a high height and knocked my tooth into my lip and split all my lip and everything and so now I don't like heights and I don't like swings yeah and it it gives me anxiety if I see kids swinging really high on a swing like the chain swings don't like it yeah Now, compared to today and what kids do, like we were saying, the kids get so much. There's so many activities you can do with kids nowadays compared to when you were a kid. What did you used to do to entertain yourself? I used to love running, so we used to have running races. The thing I enjoyed probably was if we needed a snack, we just went out and picked a peach off the tree. As long as we washed it, we were fine. I was into track and field, but that started early. I must have been about three or four, and we'd not long been out from England, and we're on the hostel, and in those days, it was the baker used to deliver the bread to your house, and I thought I could do a running race with him. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a bread truck, and I held on to the back, and it was okay initially, but then I got dragged along for about 100 metres, yeah, until somebody flagged him down. Yeah, I couldn't let go. I still got the scars on my legs. But it didn't stop me running. <laughs> <laughs> she kept running. I kept running. My mother was a dressmaker and a cake maker, your nana, so I didn't have to learn to sew or anything or make cakes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so this next one was getting stuck into our mums about how they dressed us. <laughs> It was interesting because we did. We grew up in the eighties as yep. kids um, and the nineties as well. Mm-hmm. So it went from you know, well, you know, eighties inspired clothing clearly to nineties grunge and and the like. So you may remember that and how they just allowed us to dress that way. <laughs> oh dear! Oh wow! <laughs> We've changed. Wow! You can really dress up. You used to dress Stephanie and I the same all the time. We were like twins. Oh, look, you know what? If I seen a nice little dress in the shop, I couldn't make my mind up who would like it the best, so you both got one. <laughs> it's easier like that, isn't it, when you can just yeah. buy two of the same? But then as you got a bit older when you, you know, you had your choice of what you wore and, you know, you loved your Adidas snap pants and your sneakers <laughs> and your T-shirts and your sister loved dresses, so, you know, then you developed your own personalities. So Summer wants to wear her what she wants to wear all the time. I feel like when you told me I needed to wear a dress because we were going somewhere, I just had to do it. You did, and that was because if you say something, you just got to make it happen. There's no point saying something and then because you get whinged at, you change your mind. You can't. It's got to be that's it or you don't go. Follow through. No choices and follow through with everything. Yeah. Now, Mum, how was our fashion back in the 80s? I remember we'd do a shop once a year. Was it at Target? 
and you'd buy a whole bunch of clothes for the season. No, not just Target when you were little. We used to go to David Jones and some elite shops. You used to wear those beautiful dresses with smocking, handmade smocking, and then you'd have the black shoes with little frilly socks. The I wore to the zoo. How practical, <laughs> Mum. Matching tracksuit pants with stirrups, do you remember them? Oh, they came from England, though. They came from your grandma in England. Yeah, you and Natalie had the same. And did we choose what we wanted to wear a lot, or did you choose it for us? I don't think you're really interested in it until you were in your teens, and then I think you went to the new school, remember? And you had... (laughs) (laughs) You had your expensive shoes on, but they were tan shoes, and your bib... And a frilly socks. And your frilly socks. I was, what, 12? Yeah, and a nice blouse. And I got paid out big time. It was ca- it was like a casual orientation day and I'd worn, it was a very neat yeah. outfit with frilly socks. Yeah, and there were kids this. looking at me going, oh, my God. <laughs> and I knew we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Mum, what are you doing to me? And after that, you chose everything yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah, still my little girl until you went to high school. I particularly love this because it's very telling of what we were like when we were younger. Yes. <laughs> and your crazy family. I've got a naughty auntie. This is my mum's sister, Izzy. Yeah. Annie and Isabel, right? Oh, my goodness. Um, and she's an absolute cracker. We've got some great memories with her. She was the naughty auntie that we'd get yes. up to no good. We all have a naughty auntie. She sounds like a hoot. Oh, I laugh yeah. so hard listening to this, by the way. So good. Um, my kind of pales in comparison. It's very, um, well, you, you'll find out how, how, uh, how nerdy I really was. <laughs> <laughs> what about the night when, and this is my mum's sister, Isabel, who was single at the time, she took Stephanie and I to a party with her, didn't she? Yes, she did. What was that like? What, what was oh, your... I don't know. I didn't go to the party, but, yeah, I was a little bit anxious about that. Were you? Yeah. How old were we? Eight and six, I think. So she thought, stuff this, I'm going to a party. Come on, girls. Yeah, she just, she just took you anyway. Well, you just had a ball. You had a ball. Anyway, you, you survived it. You survived it. And so did I. Did it drive you crazy that her cars were always ship boxes? And I remember it broke down several times. You, we always had to be rescued somewhere when we were with Annie Izzy because her car would break down. Yeah, well, there was a bit of a joke about that because we called them adventures, Annie Izzy adventures, because um, you never knew where you were going to end up or how you were going to get home. But you had so much fun and that was the best. I remember her saying to me when I said, I'm hot, Annie, and she said, move the floor mat because there's a hole in the bottom of the car and the window floor. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, your dad's car was like that too. He had a bit of a hole under the mat. You could see the road underneath. <laughs> <laughs> what, have you got a favourite memory of me from childhood? <laughs> It's all about me. It's all about you, isn't it, Tamara? You used to perform for Nana, remember, and Granddad? She used to bring her friends over and you'd do a little concert for them and they loved it. (laughs) You used to sing and dance and Mum's friends used to come over and watch you and you were so cute. You were gorgeous. And you continued that. You continued. We thought, oh, God, she's made for the stage. I remember when you used to lick those birds too. (laughs) You know, I had some of those, I don't know, they were salted birds and ornaments. Were they made out of salt or something like that? And they yeah, they were something doves. weird. That's why I licked them. And you licked them and I didn't know that. I thought, <laughs> what? 
what's the matter with my little birds? They're ornaments and they're white. And they were doves, but they were made out of some sort of salt compound. I don't know what it was. And you'd be licking them. You told me later when you got older <laughs> to lick them. I'm sorry. No, kids do weird things. Do you still have those birds? No. <laughs> I think they went brown after a while with all your licking. <laughs> Oh, how about when we were fobbed off to our grandparents? Yeah, and our parents weren't too happy even back in those days Ooh. with what our grandparents did when they looked after us, like all the cheeky things and how they spoiled us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they did it back then and our parents are doing it to us now. What are we going to be like? Truth. Fun. Fun granny. <laughs> Dirty grannies. If Rhonda and Raylene's anything to go by. Was there anything that... Um, the grandparents did with me that used to annoy you, used to give you the shits. Oh, apart from when um, your Barker used to have this doll's house that she absolutely loved that one of her German friends had made and um, she had all the little kitchen stuff in there and, you know, bedroom set up, lounge room set up and you and Stephanie would go over there and then because you hadn't packed it up and placed everything in the doll's house exactly how she'd placed it, she didn't like it. She didn't like it and I used to just say to her, they're, they're, they're playing, don't worry about it. As long as they put the stuff back, just shut the door. No. Nah. But no, nah, no. Nah. She goes, oh, I don't know why they don't put the bath mat back on the bath <laughs> and the flowers back on top of the toilet. <laughs> but anyway, we got over that one. But other than that, no, they were pretty good. Oh, no, they would, they would sort of say, why don't you put this dress on or why are they in their pyjamas at 7.30 at night when they came over for for birthday cake or whatever, and, um, yeah, she'd expect you to be in a party dress at 7.30 at night. And we'd be in our pyjamas. And you'd be in your pyjamas because that was convenient for me to bath you then, not at 9 o'clock, bath you then and put your nighty or your pyjamas on and that was it. You know, when Nana looked after me a fair bit, yeah. didn't she? Yeah, when Which I was, was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> which was nice when I was little. What did you think of her as a, as a nana looking after me? Did she do naughty things sometimes? As in, you know, like, yes, yeah, spoil me, or, and you'd go, Mum, what are you doing? Yes, she did. She used to give you Milo in a cup without milk, remember? <gasps> yes. Yeah, and I used to go mad at her about that. Don't give her Milo her teeth. She always took you out when she went shopping, and I'm sure she sport you and got ice creams there. There was one time when the cocky bit your finger, remember that? I've still got the scar. <laughs> It's a memory of Nana yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she let me put my finger in the bloody cage. No, she probably told you not to, but you did it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember having laxatives because she used to keep the laxatives in the oh, cupboard, thinking true. that was chocolate. Mm. Oh, yes. And they remember that time because your Nana used to make wedding cakes and in those days they were fruit, so they were um, soaked in brandy and whiskey and that because she used to make it square, so she'd cut it all off. And then you just go to the fridge and help yourself. <laughs> and I didn't know for a long time, why aren't she eating that cake and it's got brandy and whiskey in it? <laughs> I suppose with the cooking, though, although it was soaked. We slept well, obviously. You did. You slept well. Mm. <laughs> what about that Chrissy doll? Do you remember the Chrissy doll? Oh, that was Auntie Leanne's doll. And you could look at it, but you couldn't touch it. And you know what? You looked at it. And as far as I know, you didn't touch it, did you? Not to this day. I've still not touched that doll. Oh, I wonder if she's still got it. I have to ask her. She let me touch it. (laughs) (laughs) Can I touch a doll, Auntie Leanne? Yeah, it's her hair. She had the Chrissy doll with the hair that used to grow. Yeah, it used to sit up there, didn't it? (laughs) 
It was so Look, good. don't touch. Yeah. But I'd have a finger one inch away from its face. So to end it, we did ask our mums to give us some advice and also their opinions on women today compared to back then mm. and how do we have a better, do we have a worse, what do they think about it? And uh, your mum comes from a perspective of, of being a mum trying to get in the workforce. Yeah. Uh, and uh, my mum is a midwife. She's, she's got some sound advice on what to do um, when having a baby. Bless them. Last question, what do you think's better about being a woman in this day and age or a mother in this day and age than what it was when you were younger? What's better for us now? I think nowadays women have a lot more opportunities because of all the hard work that women did back in the day and before that, like the suffragette, to um, give women a voice because, I mean, even nowadays it's still not, I mean, there's still that glass ceiling, isn't there? And there shouldn't be anymore because women work just as hard as men do or even harder most times because they're dealing with a workplace and a family as well. Do you feel like the mums of your generation probably weren't encouraged enough to follow their own dreams as what they are now? Oh, definitely. I, um, when I first got married, even at, um, at ETSA, at the time, the Electricity Trust of South Australia, if you got married and if you got pregnant, you had to resign. And I'm only going back to 1981. Yeah, and they, they wouldn't take a woman's um, salary into consideration for a housing loan because she could get pregnant any time and then wouldn't be able to repay. So it had to only be in the husband's, in the husband's That's name. That's crazy. The loan, because he was the... He was their provider, the sole provider. And did you try and find your self-identity, Mum? Um, probably when you girls had got married and settled and started having your own children, I think. Was that a big thing when we moved out? Huge for me, huge for me because I was really not, I can't say a sole parent because I always had your dad, but majority of the childcaring was left to me. So um, I did feel it, yes. It's Dad walking up the hallway putting thumbs up. Glad you approve. <laughs> Dad, what did you used to say to any boy that would um, come to the door or whatever? Oh, when we finished, if I didn't, I'd, either way, when we got, when went outside the the, uh, the front, and I was, I'm seeing them off and I wanted to check their face so I know who they are and check their car. And I used to say to them, I could be a good bloke or I could be a mean motherfucker. It all depends on which way you want to play the game. And I had a big smile on my face and said, have a nice day. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Mum. You're the best mum ever. I love you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks, darling. Love you too. Are there things nowadays in this time that are better being a mum that weren't back in your time when you were raising your kids? Do you think there's, that we have it better off? Is it worse? Or what do you think? It's good and bad. I don't think, like nowadays, you have to watch your kids more. If they go out, you know, you go to the park, you have to go with them. If they want to walk home, you've got to follow them in the car or something like that, whereas you just went out in my day. We used to walk home from school where you have to pick them up from school. Do we put more pressure on ourselves maybe to be all the all of the things all the time? Like we want to look after them and do everything for them and it's busier. I don't think so. I think society's just changed where there's more danger in society or we're more aware of the danger. Whereas in my day, 1966, I think it, think it was, the Beaumont children went missing. From that day on, people watched their kids, but still not to the extent that it's happening today. Yeah. And I think that's to do with the health system and the mental health system when they closed all the um, facilities and the population's more so and there's more 
mental health. Mm-hmm. It's just the world today, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think it's harder in some respects for you now than when we were kids. I mean, it's all relative, isn't it, really? And do you have any advice for young mums today? As a midwife, it's not always feasible, but ensure if you are pregnant that you go to the appropriate facilities or midwives and get as much information as you can because a lot of things are online but not everything's right that's online so you need to clarify it with with your midwife and if you could learn as much about birthing and your body before you deliver it'll be so much easier when you do and don't expect to have five or six pages of things that you want done when you're in labour because that will just go out the window and you'll end up a cesarean. <laughs> it's just Murphy's Law. You just be realistic. Be ready for things to fall off the rails if that. That's right. Don't have everything in a square. It will fall outside that square. <laughs> yeah, and just really ask. Ask for help if you need it or you don't understand. We'd rather you ask questions than just plod along. It is a busy time within the healthcare system at the moment, but we'd still rather you be safe and ask those questions. Good advice from a retired retired midwife. Thank you, Mum, for talking to me today on Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare. You're welcome, my darling. Love you lots. Love you too. So I hope you enjoyed getting to know um, Annie, my mum, and Yvonne, Tamara's mum. They are the sweetest um, and they're the reason we're here today, aren't we? Well, they, <laughs> they essentially are. They baked us and they've popped us out and we turned out okay. Maybe a bit overdone, <laughs> but I think we're okay, aren't we? Yeah, and look, um, there's nothing better, I think, in that village where you need people of all different ages, friends, mums, sisters, brothers, sister-in-laws, aunties, all those kind of things where you've got those, that big warm hug of women around you helping you to feel understood and to get on with the uh, wonderful but arduous task that is being a mum. That's right. So maybe if, you know, you haven't called your mum in a while, give her a buzz. Yeah, or your granny or your auntie or your sister or your sister-in-law. Someone Someone you love, a woman in your life that you love. love. Give them a call. Could be your best friend. Could be even. Shuck, I just spoke to you earlier. Yeah. We just spoke. I'm just calling to... (laughs) Not calling her. She gets stumped. I've got things to do. (laughs) Am I going to be gas bagging on the phone? (laughs) Do it, do it. But we love our mums. Thank you, Annie Yvonne. You're beautiful. We love you. This is a little load to you. Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare is produced by Soundball Productions and hosted by Chanel Franklin and Tamara Linky. We would love to hear from you, so please email us on motherhoodabeautifulnightmare at gmail.com or just for kicks, check out our website at motherhoodabeautifulnightmare.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode of Motherhood, A Beautiful Nightmare and can find two minutes in between managing those little nutters, we'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Hey, word on the street is it helps people find us. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.